Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast, an ice hockey themed podcast that takes the form of three periods just like the game itself. As usual, I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello. And John. Hello. No Aaron tonight, he is on the uh, injured list tonight. Well, not injured, hopefully he's not injured, but uh, he's not around. Um, he's got family time tonight, I believe, um, so he will be missed. Um, we're currently in August 2021. Uh, it has been about 17 months since we've last seen a live competitive game of hockey here in Northern Ireland. And we are on the cusp of a new season, which will start in just over a month's time from this date uh, in the form of pre-season games. Uh, quite a few of the teams have already announced some of their pre-season games, including Sheffield and Nottingham taking each other on Um early stages of September um, and also then that will lead into our games at the end of September which we will get into in this episode. Today is uh, the day of the 2021-2022 Elite League season fixtures uh, so we're going to have a proper look at them uh, live on the show. Uh, they've just been released um, as of maybe about an hour or so ago. Um, it might sound like it's a really sad thing for me to say but I always get excited for this day. Um, it always is the start of my launch into the season um, so I always get really excited when this day comes because I get to look at uh, permutations of what's it going to look like, who do we have in the last run of the season, how tough is it going to be coming up to the end of that season you know so all those little bits and pieces always get me really excited i don't know about you guys dave uh, how are you doing yeah no, i'm the same i love the fixtures day um mainly for planning those all important away trips during the season um i can give or take a few home games not a big deal but we need to get an away trip in this year with uh with there being such a lull and such a gap Indeed, indeed, you're you're hundred percent right, and uh, we have well, we're not gonna lie, um, we we have we've had a peek at at the games, and we've already identified potential weekends already, so uh, that's pretty fun. John, how about you? How about yourself? How are you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, like you said, Dundee and Fife, uh, look out, we're coming. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that'll be a good one. That's not until February, but we will be looking forward to it. We cannot wait. Um, we have a, a base to stay there, um, close to Fife, and we'll we'll travel over in in style in one of we our do. cars. Some, some guys. <laughs> Some guy, some guy's stupid enough to let you live in his house that he's got over there. Yeah, that's that's it. Um, we promise we won't destroy it or anything, John. Um, but we'll 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 try not to anyway. Um, Let's see. You know, we are. I know we've got. We'll have another recording and stuff before the actual season starts. But uh, you know, we given the fact that we're we're just just shy of just over a month away from you know for the first not well say non competitive games because obviously the the pre seasons aren't really competitive in 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 the same way. Um, as well some some of them always turn out to be a bit competitive even though there's nothing really in it for them but uh, is there anything you guys are particularly looking forward to is there one thing that you've missed the most uh in those last in these last 17 18 months uh dave we'll start that, with you. that first oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just you go ahead there john just talk away uh, that, that first spine shuddering uh pint in the arena yeah mm. yeah yeah the the the, the half the, the the you mean the moment when you take a, a mouthful of the Heineken and you're like, I forgot how bad this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, What's the warm beer, cold hot dogs. Warm beer, cold hot mm. dogs. What they used to say. Yeah. <laughs> what you about to say? John? Imagine we got that. We got that feeling like like week after week, like that first pint. Imagine what it's going to be like after like almost like just short of two years. 
Yeah, in our heads, we'd be like building up to this big thing, and then when we actually do it, we'd be like, "Oh, I forgot. That's really bad. It's so bad." Um, what, but if it's, what if it's really good? I'd be worried about ourselves if we think it's really good. <laughs> um, but then, you know, the fact that you're building it up as something that potentially is going to be really good is even more worrying. Um, but I have been promised that the first game, the first pint I drink um, at, the, at the at the first home game of the season uh, will be a, a pint that will be bought for me from by my nephew for the first time ever. And funny enough, he so he turned my nephew the last Giants game we were at. Um, he wasn't legally allowed to drink and he wasn't legally allowed to buy any alcohol. Um, but in that in in the space of the gap that we've had he's now in his second year of legally being allowed to buy alcohol so it's like we missed i missed out a full year of being able to buy alcohol at a giants game um and he said he messaged me today um as soon as he's seen the fixture he's like first game uh pints the first round of pints are on me and i was like round of pints you mean does that include dave and john and aaron he's like yeah yeah sure that's fine so uh it's a round of a round of drinks from from uh from from my nephew dave there whenever we get the, um whenever we get in um so that's good to know mine's yeah. mine's a double yeah. <laughs> uh dave what about yourself uh what's is there anything in particular you're you're looking forward to Get you, it's you're excited about for the first i just can't wait to get uh back through those doors um this year unfortunately i decided i decided uh i've moved house so decided not to become a season ticket holder again uh, i took a break this year and um, while i get my finances in order so mine will be even just the walking up to the box office and buying tickets and things like old school when we first started which was many moons ago yeah um and then that uh just that walk in to the arena yeah um you know it's going to be now, I would say it'll be a lot different and the amount of work's been done to the pavilion. Um, by the stage we, we come to, to get in, maybe there'll be um, new stuff. Never know. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. I think you're, you've both kind of got my, my, my thoughts were as well in terms of that first season. I just, I'm, I'm quite excited and, and I get spat, like my chills when I think about, you know, the sticking the jerk putting your jersey on you know fresh jersey on for the first time for that season and it'll be because it's been so long. Well, okay, we've been wearing jerseys back and forth like you know at home and stuff during lockdown whatever as comfy lounge you wear or whatever but for to know you're wearing it going to a game for the first time and as soon yeah. as that music hits or whatever that video is going to be that first video i'm looking forward to this for, like not to not to put any pressure on the giants but we know they're going to knock it out of the park anyway no matter what they do but no pressure on them but that first video that when that video hits that screen and those lights go out and the video comes on i'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now actually i'm honestly goosebumps if you could see it that when that lights go out that video comes on whatever that song is going to be and whatever that video is going to look like i am going to be beside myself with excitement and i know i'm going to feel exactly like i'm feeling right now with goosebumps and the hairs in the back of my neck standing up and i cannot wait for it so another yeah, month or so like, to wait like you say, I, I definitely can't wait to sing fallout boy at the top of my lungs <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure there's been a few new fallout boys since uh lockdown so uh yeah i'm sure we could they could find one that hasn't been used um but whatever it is i'm all in i don't care um, so we have there has been a lot of silence uh, and a lot of stories in this last month uh, and since our last podcast recording. Um, so if it's okay with you guys, I say we get stri- stuck straight into our first period of hockey. Okay, period one of hockey then is a roundup of our local news, our local coverage of hockey here in the UK. Looking at uh, the Elite League uh, right across from uh, to the national hockey league here in the uk and as well as uh, whatever other stories might appear um whatever that might look like so i'm going to start off guys um, i think we should just start off um you know from the start we've mentioned it already we've talked about our excitement about the fact that it's it's 
you know, fixtures day. We've talked about the fact that the season's coming up soon. It's coming up close. It's coming up quickly. Let's look at the fixtures and see just how close we're talking. Uh, so as of today, um, we the Elite League uh, is delighted to have announced and published the full fixture list for the season 2021-2022, uh, marking the return of professional ice hockey across the UK. All, team t- all 10 teams will contest the league season. Uh, there was a few doubts, obviously, in our last podcast. We talked about this. There's a number of doubts around Glasgow and whether or not what's going to happen. But at the 11th hour, they were saved and they are going to be joining the league. However, they are going to set out the Challenge Cup this year and they're going to start their campaign in the Elite League on the 6th of November. Um, all to do with um, transfer and ties of up, uh, the ties around the, the, the arena that they're obviously they play in. Um, so I think there's a few bits and pieces that the, the clan have to go through in order to kind of get that ready to go for that date. Uh, the league season will see each team play each other three times at home and three away. And the top eight teams will qualify for the playoffs in the usual format. Uh, the 2021-2022 Challenge Cup consists of three groups of three teams each. Teams will play the sides in their group twice at home and twice away. Uh, further details concerning the post-group stages uh, will be revealed later in the season. Uh, week one of the new season has been uh, earmarked and has now been published as the 25th of September 2021. So yeah, we are, what's that, is that seven weeks away, I think, is that eight weeks away from now? Not even? Give or take. Give or yeah, take, yeah. Or take. Um, although Coventry and Guildford have opted to begin their Challenge Cup campaign a week earlier, so there will be the first uh, season, the first competitive league game will actually be in the week before the 25th the first league game being the 25th of September um, and the first league game will see the Coventry Blaze host the Five Flyers in Coventry uh, the league season will run slightly different this year obviously we're used to our season usually in a normal season we would be sitting here right now thinking we are two weeks away from our first preseason games or three weeks away from our first preseason games our first league games are going to be at the end of august start of september that's what it normally is but this year it will run slightly differently uh, the league will run from the 10th uh, until uh, from the 25th of september and will run up until the 10th of april uh, which is usually it's about two weeks later than normal um, and the playoff quarterfinals will take place a week later than after that um, over the weekend of the 16th and 17th of april uh, playoff finals weekend then is the 23rd and 24th so that's something guys we might have to think about we were supposed to go at the in the last one which was 20 2020 20, yeah 2020 2019-2020 season long, long time ago. long time ago we had our flights and everything we had it all sorted and we had it was stuff. all it was all booked wasn't it everything was sorted it and was. then and then and then it all wasn't uh so we have to think about maybe this year trying to pick up where we were supposed to go and um, we'll see how that happens anyway um so important notes obviously glasgow uh clan or some a couple of bits and pieces obviously as i say uh the first games there we were saying uh we'll be looking at coventry um you know and glasgow obviously saying sitting out of the challenge cup so they won't be starting until november so that's some of the key things to take away guys you've had a look at the fixtures um Anything of note, anything, anything, take your excitement, anything that was, you know, obviously we've, we've talked about it already. There is a, a weekend we've already identified as our, as a, a weekend away, which is going to be in February time. Um, is there any other potential fixtures or anything that has caught your eye? Um, any, anything of note, I suppose, um, that's caught your uh, eye? In mine, the last weekend of the Elite League, um, there's a Sheffield doubleheader, which would be a good trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't been uh, to Sheffield in a long, long time. Yeah, it's been a while, and uh, there, you know, it's always a always tight games, and it, uh, depending on how the league turns out, we know that it can go right down to the last weekend. So, yeah, uh, you're right. Indeed. But interestingly, interestingly, it's not us finishing up against Cardiff. 
which it feels like for the last three seasons or so, we always seem to have finished up against Cardiff at home. And that has tended to be where the league was decided in those games. So it's interesting that it's back to sort of the Sheffield finisher. But the other thing I've noticed is um, there's no Nottingham doubleheader away, at least for um, the Giants fans. There is a home doubleheader towards the end of the season, at the end of March but no no opportunity to travel for a doubleheader to Nottingham. So clearly there's a, a change of pace there that they, they think that our, our big travelling contingent we're, are looking more at the sort of Sheffields and uh, the sort of the Glasgow's actually, the easy to get to and the, the big rivalry, I suppose you would call it now. Does mm-hmm. that mean we're no longer rivals with Nottingham? But clearly not. We know our rivalry now is is solely with the the the, the clan. Um, you know, the big orangeman over there. Yeah, that's that's the, you know, that's the that's the um the current big one. Um, and I see that the the regular uh Christmas period double header home away, away season session. Um, you know, I, I see that's back on the calendar for the twenty sixth and twenty seventh of December. Um, so I'm sure there's yep. a lot of fans there that are going to be quite excited about the idea of doing the the home and away. Um you know games as usual like like traditionally has been um so i'm sure a lot of people are really happy to see that has returned um obviously we're we're looking at all of these and i i mean i don't mean to be you know i don't mean to bring bring this up and again i don't want to you know put a dampener on things but you know we're we're looking we're hoping and i'm touching wood and fingers crossed and all that stuff we're hoping that the fixtures that we see now in front of us we hope all get ticked off and they all happen um I suppose we're needed. We we're, we haven't really heard from the league yet in relation to um, what their COVID protocol is going to look like, what it's going to feel like, what it's going to be uh, in terms of you know you know we obviously we've seen in the NHL this season you know there's an, uh, a protocol around what happens if teams if it's if a player in a team contracted COVID and had to go into isolation and all that sort of stuff. It'll be interesting to see what the league comes out with. Um, I, I haven't seen anything as of yet. Um, I don't I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but as far as I know, there hasn't been anything yet clearly defined on what COVID protocol is going to look like for teams in relation to if a player contracts COVID, what happens to the other players and what happens with isolation and what happens to the games that are scheduled. And again, I don't want to throw that in there, but it's something we're going to have to think about in terms of these aren't obviously games that are going to be set. In, they can't, we can't set all, all these games in stone because there could be the possibility that there's going to be some, you know, has to be some movement around yeah. it. You know, they're, they're, you know, it's not going to be, is it going to be that they're going to, only going to be like, if a player is, is um, you know, if, if a player has COVID, um, are they going to only like test like their roommates? Are they only, you know what I mean? So what's it going to look like? You know, are they going to only say that player is the only one that can't play and the rest of the players? You know, it's going to have to be, it's going to be a fluid. I think it's going to be quite a fluid fixture, yeah. fixture list. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, do you guys agree, Dave? Yeah, it's going to be, um, there's going to be something. Um, God knows what it is. Like um, we, like I'm not even back into my office yet. Um, we're still uh, working from home and, we had uh, we've not even opened the office and we had to close it for a deep clean because one of the IT guys um, got COVID and there was two. I meant that there was two or three people that ended up having to isolate. So, so I, I didn't mean to laugh like as in like one of the IT, I didn't mean to laugh the way I sounded, but I was the, I, I had this funny image in my head that you work in IT, but then I kind of thought to myself, wait, does an IT company have an IT department yeah, for an IT they, company? Uh, they do indeed. Good, good old cable monkeys. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, sorry. The, um, but yeah, no, it just meant that there was you know those three guys in that wee office 
um, meant that they were had to self isolate and we had mm. to deep clean the office and we haven't even opened it yet. You know, so it's um, I think everyone, not even, not just sport, is trying to find their their feet in on this. Like I think what uh, it'll be is something along what you said. Like it'll be they're close. Maybe they'll do their line. Maybe the you know the the lines will be bunked together or something. You know, you never know. Um, mm. God knows what way they're doing it, but. We'll find out, um, uh, and I'm sure that they put the, the, the they've seen they've put a lot of work in um, this time round um, for the fixtures, and um, they've seen they organise it quite well. So hopefully, it's um, we go ahead and have something agreed. in place long before. Agreed, and I don't want I don't want to sound like the you know the doom I don't want to be the the, the doom scenario guy here. You know, I don't want to I want I don't want to be you know, down on it. But yeah, I think it's a legitimate thing to think about. It's something you know you have to consider, um, especially you know. Like we're we're we're. I think everybody's thinking about it. You know, it's in the back of everyone's head. Hopefully, even if it's not not about sport, it's about everything. You yeah, going out to the shop, you're thinking about it. Yeah, and that's so it. Just, you're you're right, one hundred percent right. Uh, John, what's your? I mean, what's your thoughts? What's your take on that? I think I can't really add much to what you've said. You're one hundred percent right. I think the the one thing to watch for is there there will clearly be a protocol that if a team through isolation or through positive um, tests or results or whatever can't travel or can't play. I would assume that there will be a rule in mm. the Elite League rulebook this year about some sort of mechanism for conceding those games because you look at the schedule and there isn't the freedom to just put out extra midweek games or have... We know that our league is not set up in a no. way that if you cancel a Saturday game, you can't go 10 days later and play a midweek game because yeah. the arena teams just cannot get the ice for that. Um, the lower, or say the lower team, sorry, the, the less well-off, the, the rink teams can't then just drop everything to travel, um, say, over here to Belfast because they couldn't 10 days earlier. Mm. So the potentially the worst thing that we see is games called on the result of COVID tests, mm, yeah. um, which would not be a great way to see a title handed out to a team. No, you're right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, and we'll definitely keep an eye for anything coming out from the Late League, and hopefully um, in one of our podcasts coming up in the next few weeks, we'll, we'll have a, a chance to dissect that and have a look at it properly to see what that's going to look like. And I know we've had and, this... Uh, can, we just, can we look at just one other thing? Can we mm-hmm. mention the fact, Challenge Cup, the number of times that we've talked about it on the podcast here. So... The Challenge Cup, yet again, will still be in its first round at the end of October. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and it's going to drag on and drag on. Why is the Challenge Cup not being used as the test bed to make sure that the rest of the season can all work properly? Yeah. Why is the Challenge Cup not done and dusted before we start moving on into into other things? Yeah. Like, you could have done, because um, they've broken it down into three teams, you could have done a weekend. You could, you know, could have had pick everyone three, pick three arenas. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. First split down. Yep. Split the gate between the three teams and do something like that, and just and boil it down that way. Now, admittedly, how you do that, and then how you figure out where the second round goes from there. We've looked at this so many times. There is no silver bullet for the Challenge yeah. Cup. I think it's a. It's a challenging competition to try and figure Ooh. out at the best of times. But again, <laughs> you see what I did there? Yeah, I did that. Was really um, but we're still, I mean, the Giants' last game, for example, in the first round of the Challenge Cup was on the 30th of October against the Flyers. So we're into November before we're into the second round. It, it just bemuses me that we are still 
carrying on admittedly with nine teams this season so we're mm-hmm. actually dropping a team um and somehow it's still rumbling on it, it just it it's incredible yeah no i would not in a good way no i would agree and you know if they were if they were really adamant that they wanted the challenge cup to go ahead this season you know maybe there should have been some consideration just given to what they've done before just doubling up a general league game with uh, a challenge cup game you know and, and and trying to work it in that way so that they were done you know doubled up point you know so like they've done it previously you know it's been done I just, so i don't understand I don't why do that in my opinion just been up, just drop it i, I, I agree yeah, and they could have dropped it for one season they could have dropped it for another season just and yeah. you know obviously we're, we're if you know with all these scenarios around what we've talked about well maybe they have a, a backup maybe they're maybe the plans that they have in place the covert plans they have in place will like negates you know any of the worry about like you know none of these these games are maybe they're guaranteeing all these games are happening whatever protocol they have in place maybe it's they're they're gonna have a number of tests and leading up to this the games and therefore you know they're gonna they'll know but again you can't guarantee anything i suppose i don't know we'll wait and see what happens when it comes to that and you're right john um the the challenge cup as you say it's something we talk about every year and it's it shouldn't go on as long as it does um because it just drags out and drags out and just adds in extra games it should, and it shouldn't. It should be an early trophy. Yeah. It should be an early trophy awarded as early as possible in the season be, yeah. to get a piece of silverware out and get fans engaged with the games. Yeah. Yep. It's tough enough for a lot of these players coming over, having to get their head around that the league is important, never mind that there's a random cup thrown in. Yeah. You know, yep. they're going, what what are you talking about? Yeah. But imagine imagine if you imagine if you actually awarded the Challenge Cup in say late October, let's say before Halloween, you mm-hmm. get the Challenge Cup awarded to a winner. Imagine the team who gets to spend the rest of the season announcing themselves as yeah. Challenge Cup champions. Every yeah. end, every single week when they've got opponents coming in, they announce themselves as the Challenge Cup champions. That's going to get under the skin of the other one, of the other, of the competition. So just, oh, I don't know, make it. Yeah, it's I know like it's the, the Preds and their typical, banners. <laughs> exactly and they get under everyone's skin because all you guys do is more about it well you're not wrong there um last thing before we move on from the fixtures um onto our next part uh, the only thing I, the only thing i wanted to bring up guys and we've brought this up before and it's it's going to sound like we're just you know we're just bringing up old old news we're just gonna we're just hashing out for the sake of it but you know my my frustration is that this time well when I say we haven't we haven't seen any live hockey here, we haven't seen any live hockey in person. There's been competitive in inverted commas. We're going to put it in inverted commas because I know what your your thoughts on it because we talked about it. We I've got your thoughts on this in previous podcast. In inverted commas, we had the COVID cup or whatever they called it that elite series covid cup thing that they had and obviously the english teams took part in that cup and, and everything else and they brought in the the, the player uh, blah, blah blah we know all about that anyway and that that was a that was a competitive series of games that they had My, where i'm going with this is that they were the games themselves were played out of the national ice arena they were played out of nottingham they were able to set up webcasts the league were able to set up webcasts and charge for these webcasts, okay? They were able to charge for them. People paid the money for them, everything. So why am I seeing today that uh, tickets will be available soon for all of the games and all of the different outlets? So, you know, look out for whatever team you support, you know, keep an eye on those outlets. If you're buying gate tickets, you'll see those soon. But as part of that, they also had down a, the list on the other side, they had where you can buy the tickets. And this is this is on the Elite League. They have a, a link for where you can buy your tickets for each of the teams. And they also have webcasts available. And again, this year, I'm noticing three teams that have no webcast yeah. available. And I'm thinking to myself, we are 
at a point where there's a pan- there's a pandemic, we're not quite out of it. There's still cases going on. There's still going to be cases where maybe you know there's there's going to be a rise in 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 people maybe in in the cases maybe you know around Christmas time around winter time. You know, there's all these doom- doomsday scenarios around what if there's going to be like you know spikes and everything else. So why weren't the teams? Why weren't the likes of well, I'm just going to name them Glasgow, Guildford, and Nottingham? We know Nottingham can host a webcast because they clearly did during that elite series. So why? Are we sitting here looking at a list of those three teams not providing a webcast again? When you think knowing what the current climate is, and we don't know if there's going to be any restrictions on, and we ha- we've had this conversation in our private when our in our chat there our web our our WhatsApp chat this week, John. You you know me and you had this conversation back and forth. I think we were a bit more heated than the other two boys. Um, we were talking about you know the the what is the gate going to look like? You know, is there going to be a restriction on the number of tickets they're going to sell? Is there going to be social distancing within the arena? What's it going to look like? We were, we're kind of surmising because we don't know. We ha- There's no details being actually set out for us yet about what it's going to look like. So if that's the case, um, you know, and you said yourself, and, and this is probably a good clear sign of it, is that they maybe Nottingham and, and, and Black, Neil Black is thinking, well, I don't see any social distancing, so it's going to be full full seats. Um. And yeah, that's that's fine. But there's still going to be a small section, maybe a large section of fans of each of these teams that are going to be still thinking, you know what, I don't feel comfortable. I still don't feel safe. So there should still be a, a, a means for those fans who don't feel comfortable being in an arena full of people, especially for big games. Like, you know, we joked around about it. Like, you know, we've got a couple of you know, Sunday games, we've got a, a midweek game as well. You know, there's a couple of bits and pieces where we joked around about earlier on about like how, well, we're fine because we know it's not going to be a massive you know, crowd because we know historically Sunday is not a hockey day in Belfast. Like Sunday is not a hockey. It's not. It's not. It's not a traditional hockey night and traditional it's, hockey day in Belfast. Um, it's not really a sports day in Belfast. It's, so. it's not. Well, yeah, it's not. Up until like you know, for anybody who's not from Northern Ireland, you know, up until like you know, probably I would say late two thousands. I would say we still had yeah. uh, a certain political party in Northern Ireland out protesting whenever there was football games and and um any kind of sport. Taking away the swings. Yeah, it's like, you know, take away swings from kids' play parks because you shouldn't be using them on a Sunday. You know I mean? This is this is still things that happened in Northern Ireland. So I'm not getting political, but, you know, like, you know, so it's not traditionally a day where hockey's played in Northern Ireland. Fun. So we know the gate's going to be low and, you know, the Giants can try whatever they do. And we've tried, they've tried, you know, they've tried to give it like, you know, season ticket holders get to bring, um, a guest john which one of us are you going to bring with you then next year this year who knows because neither of us have season tickets um so the tra- uh, you'll find that there will be a, a twitter competition so uh, <laughs> like uh, share and uh, tag a friend and i'll select a winner at random um i might put that out as a, a door 14 hockey competition <laughs> so he be door 14 hockey's guest at the game th- th- yeah i never thought of that. that's a good idea um, bring, bring your own beer money <laughs> um yeah not a bad idea um but you know what i mean so i'm kind of thinking to myself why would the teams know and knowing that there's potential for smaller gates no matter what because people just don't feel safe why wouldn't they listen this is this is going to be standard look neil black in particular was never going to change his stance no matter what you are we're now very clearly seeing that until there's a change at the top in those two teams in particular there will be no change Guildford, I don't know enough about how that team is run. We know enough and we've complained about their their merch being just insane 
given their agreement that they seem to have with Calgary uh, over the use of the the flame logo. But their webcast stance, I, I don't really, I don't really know what that's about. They obviously think the same that it's going to hurt their on the day gate. But you're 100% right that for Neil Black in particular to look at his two teams, his two franchises, um, and decide that there there will be no webcast because he doesn't believe there will be an impact on the gate. Does Can we read into that and say that the league is going forward with the expectation of there will be no social distancing within any of the rinks or arenas and therefore they expect sellouts, they expect uh, arenas and rinks to sell out and be able to prop up these teams for a full season mm-hmm. I don't know well, that, or are we just looking at a resistance to change and that sounds like what it is um, because if you look at it as well and you, and you take it from the point of view of you know the gate in terms of even away fans and how many away fans they usually would get like obviously clearly and I'm, I'm going to surmise that the number of away fans will also potentially be down this year too you know it'll be less people able to travel like i know like you know uh, giants fans are really keen on going going around but again there could be difficulties coming up for the giants fans are keen well having over the last year and a half you guys know that for a variety of different reasons i've had to travel quite a lot back and forward the one thing i will say is and i don't know how many giants fans in particular have realized this but travel is much more expensive Oh, it is. Was. No, it is. Yeah. Flights, yeah, yeah. flights are more expensive. Um, even to jump the ferry um, is more expensive. Um, now, look at that on, on two sides. One, that's then less of an incentive for any of our fans to travel. The other side is it's clearly going to be more expensive for the Giants to operate this season. Mm-hmm. Um, when you consider that we have to travel away to um, nine other teams. Um, let alone the the money that those nine other teams are going to have to spend to come here. That's their problem. I don't really care. Um, I'm concerned about my team and my ability to go to away games or to experience away games by a webcast. And certainly I would expect that the vast majority of Giants fans will not be going to piles and piles of away games, not on the same scale that other uh, fans can over in Scotland, England and Wales. Um and I would expect that webcasts will be heavily subscribed to this year by Belfast Giants fans. Um, and by quite a lot, and you're, you're 100% right, by fans around the league, I think webcasts are going to be hugely relied on. Mm-hmm. Um, and these three teams are writing themselves out of uh, another revenue stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot understand it. Especially, and you mentioned it, Marty, right at the top of this, is after... Now, admittedly, I don't know about you guys. I didn't buy any of the Elite Series stuff. No, I, didn't I couldn't either. have cared less about those games. I couldn't even tell you who won it at this point. Um, but as far as I could tell from what I was seeing online, people enjoyed it. People enjoyed the product. People enjoyed seeing hockey online live from inside the NIC. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, yeah, it seems like a, a complete exercise in futility to have put those webcasts out there and then not to carry it on and move forward with it in a, a team setting. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It just baffles me the fact that we know it can happen, but yet they've decided for whatever reasons they're not going to offer it. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe pressure will make him. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't even finish that sentence. Uh, I was going to say maybe pressure would stop him from uh, you know make him make them change their minds. But let's be honest, that's not going to happen. Um, it's not. It's not. But anyway. 
that's a story for another time. And obviously, maybe things will change depending on you know we don't know what's coming, what's going to come down the line. And we'll, as I as I've mentioned already, um, you know we'll keep a wee eye out and see what the league comes out with in terms of their uh protocols and stuff when it comes to COVID, uh, and what that's going to look like. Because maybe that might change things. Maybe they might decide you know they'll have to do. You know they'll have to make it on the fly change to something. I don't know. We don't. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens, uh, guys. I'm going to move on. We're going to make. It, I'm going to move us on um, to our next story. Um, we're going to stick with obviously the 2021 2022 season that's upcoming. Um, I'm going to take a wee look uh, if with you if it's okay with you guys at the. You know we're in full swing um of the season uh, coming up and we're looking at player signings and confirmed player moves within across the league um obviously we want to talk about the belfast giants um and the and i i i'm not i'm not gonna you know mince my words when i when i'm saying this because obviously we're, we are biased belfast giants fans but they the giants from that first num- named signings they were putting the, the league on note they were saying to the league this is our intent this year this is the team that we are putting together you better take notice because our first like the first list of names that they put out there were amazing in my opinion they were just they they got me straight away i was so excited i was just like oh my god i haven't felt this way in forever for the start of the season announcements for for season for for players and it's like you know, you know what name? There's there's two names in there. You know the two names that straight away. As soon as I seen them, I messaged you guys and I was like, "Oh my effing god!" It's you know, can you believe what we're seeing right now? Um, and obviously we we're seeing the return of uh, Tyler Beskarwani, um, which uh is a fan favorite across uh, across not across Belfast, but also a fan favorite for us as well. Uh, we have a lot of time for Tyler for Tyler, and he's you know we're, we're glad to see him back. But also never seeing... mind Tyler. I'm I'm just excited to see if his dad comes back for another pint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're also uh, talk about pints. We're also uh, seeing the return of uh, Darcy Di- Darcy Murphy, uh, Darcy Dangles. Uh, you know he's going he's returning as well, uh, and that's a special player that we're getting back. Um, Guys, sure let's... prices in the heart bar have went through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Um, let's start from the start. Obviously, Buffalo Giants are top of the list alphabetically. So let's let's start with the Buffalo Giants anyway. Um, we've seen the names that have been you know put about there. We're looking at the not only just the, the 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 big names there that we've seen. We've got some new names coming in as well, and we've also got some returning uh, GB players, which are obviously are always key. Um, what's your what's your takes? What's your thoughts uh, on on it so far? Start. We'll start with you, John. What's your thoughts? Um, we're stacked. Okay. Like that that is my my thought, uh, is that we are absolutely stacked. Um, starting straight off, Kevin Rain. If that man doesn't wear the C this year, I don't know where it's going. Mm, good um, point. Yep. He is an absolute powerhouse on defense and like I just hope he hasn't had a haircut. Um in fact <laughs> I hope it's twice the length over lockdown. I hope he hasn't been able to find a barber. I hope that hair is down at his backside. Uh, so the first time he whips his hair back, he actually knocks somebody out. <laughs> um, yeah, having him back, Mark Garside back again, um, absolutely brilliant to have that veteran leadership in the back um, back line Jeez. there. Um, call it called Garside. It makes me feel old. Garside is veteran leadership. <laughs> um, well, speaking of veterans, having Dicko back as well in what oh, technically, true, yeah. technically may be his testimonial season. Oh, would be. Um, yeah, I think I'm it led would to be. believe. Yeah. Um, 
And then some of the new names, I'll be perfectly honest, I haven't had much of a chance to look at the numbers, but um, the names so far that have stood out um, in the, the signings that have come up have been Scott Conway and oh, Slater Doggett. Yeah. Um, definitely are two of the, the names that really stood out. Um, and I think an, a, we have to give an honourable mention to one not returning, uh, and that's Stephen Murphy, who's called time in his career. I was I was going to mention that as well, but you're right. Uh, Stephen Murphy retiring um, is a sad day for, for, for the Belfast Giants. Uh, stalwart for the Belfast Giants, like, will go down in history as one of the best, if not the best, uh, goaltender that the Giants have ever ever had i know dave you're you're probably like um you're, you know we know your 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 love for the for the giant the giants goaltenders over the years um but i'm sure you can't even you know no 100 uh, percent. Stephen murphy has been a stalwart for the for the giants um and his ability to um recover games like he's been clinch for so many many games that we've been especially on the road um he was phenomenal when we've uh, played against him when he was in Manchester um, in that Challenge Cup final, um, Challenge Cup and knockout final, I think it was. And uh, the um, then when he came over straight away for the the Giants the season after, he was he's been unbelievable from day one. And then um, even whenever he has taken a bit of a step back, um, as sort of the um, the go in tandem with an import, um, which which for him must have been a big uh, a big decision. Um, a lot of you see it in a lot of uh, GB netminders aren't willing to do that and usually drop the lower leagues um, or go to somewhere in Europe or you know try their luck. Um, where he didn't, he decided this was the Giants is sort of where he wanted to end his career, and he did, and he done a fantastic job. Even in the last few seasons, um, you know, you didn't really see a dip that you normally see with with netminders. Um, as they get uh, on in their career, um, and he's been, um, he's put a proper marker down for any netminder playing for the Giants going forward. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, it's definitely a big loss um, for the team, but again, maybe some way he will be still around. You know, we we ha- we we know ourselves that um, from being around the arena, we know we've seen uh, the old familiar faces um, getting involved with in some in some aspect of the game in some way. You know, we still see the faces. You know, we still see like you know. Um, you know, we see Shane there still working alongside the Giants in in, a, in different capacity, Shane Johnson. And we also see, you know, the likes of, although maybe not fully involved with the game in some ways, but you still see Mark Morrison and stuff around, you know, on the, on the concourse. You know, you'll still see these names and see these faces. So hopefully uh, he won't be a stranger. We'll still see Stephen around the arena as well at uh, future games. Uh, two other names, uh, which I should mention, which aren't on this list. Um, and obviously they were released this week as well um, from the Kingdom of the Giants. Um, obviously the Belfast Giants official podcast. Um, they announced yesterday that Tyler Shaw a new name for the Belfast Giants uh, coming in um, a Canadian player there um, who has you know good looking credentials uh, seventh round pick for the Anaheim Ducks in 2016 uh, and then obviously then the returning uh, forward David Goodwin um, who uh, in his season with the Belfast Giants his last season with the Belfast Giants was a strong contend- uh, strong contender and strong uh, strong player for the Belfast Giants so we'll be glad to see him coming back as well um, another good signing that was nice this week uh, guys I'm just going to move this forward um, I know like I know, I can tell John's response already because he's just like I don't care it's not every team but let's take a wee look I just want to have a quick look just at some of the other no, I do. Teams. I do. I've got one. I've got one other team. I've got a, a spicy hot take on. Okay, well, let's just take a wee quick look at just across the league. Um, obviously, at some of the changes, some of the outings, and some of the re- resignings, and some of the new players. Um, that maybe have caught your attention. Um, I just want to start off just obviously with the Cardiff Devils. Um, I just want to make a note. Just it's it's not. It's more. It's obviously something that's happened. In, you know, prior to 
this season and it's not it's this is not news and that's why he's not on this list but obviously the biggest thing about the Belf- uh, about the Cardiff Devils two two big names obviously leaving the the the, the Cardiff Devils this year which will which will be the first time we'll see the Cardiff Devils playing without these players in a long time first one's obviously Joey Martin leaving Cardiff Devils won't be there big name you know we, we're used to seeing Joey Martin's name there with the Cardiff Devils all the time but also obviously you know, goaltending is going to look completely different for them this year, uh, and and I mean that's probably the biggest thing for the for the Cardiff Devils that we're going to be in. in it's going to be very very interesting prospect for us. Um, you know, it's 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 an interesting one. I, I definitely think it's the one. It's I kind of thinking to myself, what's it going to be? What are they going to be like this year? You know, they've had so many times that Ben Barnes has has saved their bacon. You know, and there's no doubt about it. Like he is a good, he's a good goaltender. You know, and he's. Just like Stephen Murphy and a couple of things you said there about him, Dave, you know, yeah. I mean, Ben has, you know, set in his, like he has, you know, been on his head, like, you know, getting saved some of those, some of those saves that, that he's pulled off. And, you know, it's going to be a big one for them. And that's probably one of the big things to mention. Obviously, they've got a couple of re-signings there. Sam Dugan coming back. Mark Richardson again with the Giants, or sorry, for the Card Devils coming back as a defense, defense. And a couple of new names as well. Um, I think an interesting one is Ben Davies, obviously, moving yeah. to Cardiff Devils, which was an interesting one for me. As soon as I seen that name signing, I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. That's That wasn't, that was, that's definitely one that, that stood out for me. Anything there before we move on to any other teams? The, the, Am I, not, am I right in saying Ben Davies would uh, started in Cardiff many, 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 many moons ago? Potentially, um, that's a good question. I wouldn't know. I don't he's know Welsh. There we go. Yeah. So <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> Just because he's Welsh, uh, pigeonhole the guy. I mean, I'm probably <laughs> wrong, but geez. <laughs> um, let's just check. It's it's an interesting you know it's a it's an interesting it'll be an interesting year to see for the for the Card Devils what's going to happen with them obviously two big names going yeah um, he, he went through the Cardiff Devils youth program there you go see you do know yeah see it was in there it was oh, in no, that brain accurate, it was in sorry, your brain accurately pigeonholed he was he was no it was in it was obviously in Dave's brain he was just like doubting himself you just don't need to doubt yourself it was there yeah just right. need to set you know just, just go set. for it need a set <laughs> um I'm trying to see if there's anything else any other teams that. Um, that I've noticed that I was interested in. Obviously, Five Flyers, we're, we're look at them. Um, they've only signed one player in, um, and obviously they've re-signed a player, McKenzie. Obviously, I've talked about Barry McKenzie. I've talked about Barry McKenzie before. I read him. I really like Barry McKenzie. Craig Peacock, this is, Five this Flyers. This is where my spicy take comes. If Go you're a Five fan, you're, you're worried. Because look at the list of players that are in with other teams. Even Glasgow, who up until recently weren't even sure they had ice going forward, have more players. Yeah. And look, Fife, Fife are taking a big step forward with things like their PR, their fan engagement, or at least they, they really had taken massive strides with it when it came to sort of just before COVID. They were getting ready with their um, fan association and all that was getting really moved up. But at the minute, they've got two forwards signed. But this this is Fife. But this is Fife every year. Fife are always like this, John. Like you know yourself, Fife always leave it to quite late on before announcing. Because we've always said that. We've always said about how you know if you're a season ticket holder for the Fife Flyers and you're always constantly like, huh, what's going on? Why have we heard any anything? And we always talk about this every season. We talk about this like you're talking like two weeks before the season starts, and you're like. Why haven't they announced their whole team? And then, this, and then there's just and then there's just this raft of players just get announced all together because they have like a launch night and it's like here are all the players at our launch night. You know, it just it, yeah. it happens. It's just and it, and it happens the same way every year in that they come out 
and we're really surprised for two weeks at really how well the five flyers are doing. And then I think all of a sudden, this roster that they put together realizes, actually, we really don't know how to play together. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, the thing is, and the one thing I will say is that I think the reason why the Craig Peacock signing is there and it's shown in the Five Flyers thing is because it was the worst kept secret. I think everyone knew that he was going and he was going to Fife. And I think there was a lot of leaks around the actual story. And I think it was kind of, I think Fife's hand was, I think Fife's hand was actually like pushed. You know, I think they were, I think that was like, you know, it was, they had no options. They had to announce the fact that, oh, Craig Peacock is coming to us. Because I think even in one of the announcements, it was like the the worst kept secret in hockey today, you know, P- Craig Peacock is coming to the Five Flyers. You know, I think it was like a joke around around that. Um, so I'm not surprised. Um, so I'm sure that will definitely fill out in the coming weeks and probably about two weeks before the season starts as <laughs> usual. Um, Hopefully it's better than the Giants that season when everybody turned up, but Georgia Wada was on the ice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my God, yes, remember? It's like, wait, what? what we, we re-signed George? What? <laughs> oh yeah, well, he's in, he's in for... Yeah, it's like, oh, we didn't send out. Oh, he's in for injury cover. Oh wait, no, actually, we just didn't send out a, a press release to say that he was coming back. <laughs> That was hilarious that season. <laughs> so good. Um, we obviously then um, looking at you know obviously let's take a wee look just at like the Panthers and the Steelers obviously because um, not saying the bigger teams but you know like obviously our arena teams and um, you know our 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 biggest competitions always tend tend to be in the form of the Panthers, Steelers, and Cardiff. No offense to the other teams. Again, I, d- I genuinely don't mean any offense, but it, it's always the way it is. Um, if we're looking at pa- Panthers and Steelers to date. Um, you know, a lot of re-signings there for Sheffield. You know, a good, strong uh, pull together of players again. You know, you've got the two, uh, you've got Davy Phillips and Jonathan Phillips coming back again. To um, you've got a lot. Of, I see they put Davy down as a forward. And I was like, is he <laughs> really? Um, and then they have like Deluca coming back as well. Robert Dowd, obviously, because he's always back. Brand, uh, Brandon Conley's back again. You know, um, and then they've got some obviously new people coming in um, in the forms of like Evan Moses coming in, which was. Uh, an interesting oh, good, one there. A, it was a good signing for them. I was quite surprised by that. Um, I didn't even see that. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought. I think I meant to mention to you guys whenever I seen that. I was like, oh, that's a that's an interesting take. That's an interesting one. That obviously, he came in during the elite series and uh, obviously has decided. I like it here. I'm staying. I'm not leaving. Um, and then you've got the likes of um, you know, Justin Hogman and Ben Churchfield and a couple of others, you know, coming in as new players for the for Sheffield. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, it's kind of a good mix so far in terms of their balance between old and new. Um obviously old and new it would be different if there was a, a continuation of play, shall I say. Um so if we were if there were players that were playing together last year coming into game to play again this year, it would probably be a more fluid. Again, you know, you've got a break and play of nearly a year for some of these players. There's going to be some rink rust. There's going to be, obviously, there's that that, that liquid, you know, gelling of teams together and forward lines and stuff like that. You know, it's not going to be maybe as smooth as it was. You know, they're still going to have to kind of get back into that rhythm of playing with each other again. Um, there's also a bit of fitness in there as well. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll all be getting conditions, you know, building up uh, as much of their fitness as they can. Because as much as you're... Um, if they've been still keeping on top of their fitness where they've not been uh, skating, it's, it's just they need to take an, ex, an extra step as such. So um, it'll be interesting because a lot of the guys ended up having to work during the, uh, the lulls. So. They did, yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, um, which means you can't spend all the time in the gym. So No, 
Well, that's it. Um, you're right, 100%. Um, and if we look at Nottingham as well, like Nottingham have got a couple of good number of players re-signed again. Um, again, familiar names that we're not surprised seeing re-signing, you know, the, the likes of Jordan Kelsall and Mark Matheson there, you know, um, not surprising that they're there. The name that stepped out for me for coming in for the team is Stevie Lee um, or Steve Lee um, in the defence. Um, that was a surprising name for me. Um I wasn't expecting that name to come in there. A bit like um, when I was looking through um, a couple of the other lists and stuff. Um, there's a few other names for some of the other player for some of the other teams. I was like, oh, they're they're moving there. I think Lyndon Springer moving the Manchester Storm was one that that caught my attention. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that either. Um, is there any other teams that you've seen that you've kind of thought, oh, that's a surprise or anything that's caught your fa- caught your attention, John? I've, I've got to be fair. You, you called it about five minutes ago. I, I just don't care. Right. Kind of knew that was coming from I'll, you. I'll watch. I'll watch. I'll watch what happens with the giant signings. But to be honest, until I see them on the ice, I, I don't. I That's just fair enough. Don't care. That's all right. It's fair enough. That's okay. And even even through the season, if someone tells me that the the Nottingham or Sheffield revolving doors are in full operation, I just don't care. Okay. No worries. That's fine. I'm sure as the season, as the preseason or the, the, the season starts to come upon us, I'm sure uh, hopefully you'll get a bit more interested. <laughs> you'll be a bit more, uh, you'll be more enthused by it all, but it's fine. Don't, don't hold don't hold your breath. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I'm sure coming up there on our next podcast, those lists will start to fill out more and more. So we'll get talking about them again in more detail in future episodes. I'm going to move on to our, uh, Dave, I'm going to move on to your story next and then I'll come back to my story last thing. No, do you know what? I'll stick with it. Saying I'm, I'm in full flow. I'll just keep talking. I'll go with my story next. Um, totally, totally decisive decision there. Yeah, I've just said I'm just doing it. I'm going for it. Um, this story, this story came out um, about a week and a half ago, um, and I just wanted to kind of bring it up um, because obviously, uh, it's a, it's obviously a statement f- um, about you know the direction of hockey ice hockey in in the uk um and obviously it's a it's an interesting step or an interesting move that the eiha uh has decided to do in british ice hockey in general and this is the news of um britain's ice hockey boss uh, uh pete russell has decided has taken on a new role a new position within uh, the english ice hockey association uh russell who without a doubt is definitely probably one of the most successful ice hockey coaches in uh, British ice hockey history. Um, you know, obviously you could, you've got people who would argue that Tony Han probably is more uh, successful and he's more known. But Russell, Pete Russell has brought Team GB to, you know, newer de- new levels. They've, he's brought them to new standards. They've got the new parts. They've, they've, they've reached higher like tiers of play than they've ever seen. Um, and I think this is key to what, the step up that he's taken. So this new post has been created to help shift the IHA towards an athlete-centered development program in that they're trying to look for the best in class in terms of coaching, education, all around ice hockey to kind of bolster and create a new, almost like a new level of ice hockey standards within the UK. Um, and I think it's 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 definitely without a doubt due. You know, we, we've talked about it before uh, that the, the sport sometimes suffers from you know just not being recognized enough there's not enough development yeah. put into the hockey it's very siloed it's not a lot of you know it's it's, it's very dependent on where you are it's 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 very postcode lottery kind of aspects to it you know depending on what part of the country you're from means how you access how much access you get to the game so i think he's trying to look at the whole thing in terms of how do we better how do we make uk ice hockey become more synonymous with 
greatness and, and and get more recognition because it doesn't get enough recognition as it is you know we the team gb gets to um you know is playing on all these group stages higher group stages in world championships but yet there's no, there's no media attention there's no media coverage there's nothing about it you you'd be lucky to hear something obviously we've had recent news of and we're going to talk about this in a minute um dave i actually don't want to go into, yeah. go into much but we've got liam kirk obviously yeah. there's some news coming up here you know great story but there should be more liam's yeah. You know, and I think that's where this whole idea is coming from. And Peter said, you know, he believes that he can build something that is going to look at a collaborative approach to kind of share knowledge and build these abilities and build more of these players of this caliber. Um, so he's taking on this new role. Um, uh, and, and, and it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens in terms of what that's going to look like for him. And I think it's what what's more interesting is the fact that it's a, it's a statement that he is, you know, he's he up until pre-covid he was well during covid even he was in germany you know he was coaching in germany and he said himself you know it just he has a new family has a young family things were taking their toll and he had to make a decision about what his his what his future in hockey was going to look like and clearly this is what his future looks like and i think it's 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 right and i think um it's it's an exciting prospect about what could happen um any any of your thoughts on i mean what's what's your take on it uh dave we'll start with you yeah, no, a hundred percent. The uh, I I have to say, uh, Pierre Russell's probably he's probably one of well, for a while he was probably one of the most underrated coaches in the UK. Obviously, um, that all changed, um, especially with his ascension to the GB job and the the sort of critical role he's played in bringing them up through the different tiers. Um, you know my opinion on the EIHA. Um, I do believe there should be a UK-wide governing body mm-hmm. that covers all the leagues. Um, now, I would take it a step further from what the original plan was. Um, I think it should cover the elite league as well. Um, I think it should be the same as they do for uh, like FIFA, you know, a, a single governing body that looks after everything um, or as much as possible. That way then you can really look at um grassroots development for for sports um you know the you whenever guys start um uh, playing ice hockey you know they're literally you, you they pick a team start playing for that team and then go from there it's not really like a um um a, a uk wide you don't join like a uk you know training program or anything or you, you join the team's training program, you go through the team system, and um, which is fine, but if that was if that was all governed at the same standard by a single body, then you might end up with more Kirks, you know, because mm. obviously his training, he obviously got a lot of talent, but he was, probably, like, there's a good chance he was exposed to better training. There's definitely a better chance he was exposed to better training in, the, in England than anybody in Northern Ireland mm. um, has the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, not saying that the... The coaching and juniors in uh, Belfast is bad. It's just it's limited, um, and it's just limited by resource. Resource, um, and you look at timings. Like what time exactly they, yeah. they can have the ice for? Like you I mean you're talking you recognize taken up at 10, 10 o'clock games, at night. You know, I mean you're, yeah, you you know those couple of training sessions I went to with the foxes it was at eleven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's not not ideal. It's, that was um, obviously not juniors. Juniors I think are on. Um, at the weekends and early earlier, but mm-hmm. the um, you know, eleven o'clock just to keep on the ice is yeah, not yeah. you know doable, and that's uh, that's you need to have obviously you need to get younger people in, but you need to be able to sustain um, you know teenagers and even people you know older people who are playing in recce leagues because if they're not playing, then how do their kids get into the sport? 
um, you know, so you need that whole whole idea. If you know the example of how many people's dads played in you know Saturday football tournaments, you know, like mm. uh, when they were growing up, stuff like that. So um, you get this, you build on through your family usually. And but anyway, a, yeah. a single governing body is the way I think it should be, and it should be like um, you, you become a member when you start playing, and then you know you can it can help you get access coaching or, or whatever. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, you know, Russell is tasked with promoting, and this is the statement that, that you know, they've put out is, um, Russell will be tasked with promoting the support and the development of ice hockey, creating a high performance coaching system, establishing a network of coaches that will maximize performances and be responsible for implementing coaching elements of the IHA's coach and player development strategic plan across the whole of the UK. The big, single biggest and immediate priority for the association will be to re-engage with volunteer coaches and educators within the association and establishing a high delivery of high quality programs that will help to further develop the sport within the uk john i mean is this lofty ambitions is this something i mean we've talked about it in previous podcasts this is something i think you've said yourself that it's it's without a doubt something that's had to come yeah uh, you're right it's a lofty ambition but you know what um Gary Apsley, um, the EIHA director, says it best, uh, talking about Pete Russell and says he has no equal in British ice hockey, and he's 100% right. Going through all the accolades that he's got over the last few years of, like Dave said, bringing the senior team right the way through to top-level international ice hockey again. Yeah, he is, without doubt, the man for the job. Um, if Pete Russell can't do it, then maybe it doesn't happen. Yep. Simple as. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. We wish him luck anyway, and be interested to see how that starts to progress. And yeah, I think I think you're both right. I think um, something a fresh take on on development of hockey within the UK is definitely without a doubt needed. Um, and it's it's definitely without without uh, it's it's taken a while for it to happen. But hopefully, um, we see something, you know, develop strongly um over the next year or two. Um, you know. And, and, and hopefully then it starts to go, come on leaps and bounds. A bit more attention to it, I suppose, in the UK, it wouldn't go amiss. Um, John, uh, or, what am I saying John for? Uh, Dave, um, we're gonna, I'm going to move on to your story. I'm going to give my, vo- my voice a break and, and move on to your story to end off this period. Um, so if you want to introduce yeah, yours. No bother. So um, during our, our break for my last, um, last podcast, uh, the NHL had their... Uh, annual draft and um, Liam Kirk was um, given a um, three-year entry-level contract with the Arizona Coyotes, which I still can't get my head around the Arizona Coyotes. It still goes to Phoenix in my head, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's been offered a three-year uh, entry-level contract. Now, obviously, the terms of that contract are never disclosed, but that is him with the proper uh, NHL contracts now you could end up in the in any of one of the uh of their structure or you could start on opening day as a member of the arizona coyotes and to be fair i think they could do a hell of a lot worse and the man was uh unbelievable in the uh world championships um and it's not even unbelievable for the uk he was just playing unbelievable uh making the all-star game or not the all-star list for the world championships um amongst people from uh everywhere in the world some of the proper high level group a guys you know so um and he was the highest goal scorer in the group stage am i right in saying as well Mm -hmm. um 
um, for what a twenty-one year old is unreal. Um, so uh, I can't. I personally can't wait to see what uh, the Coyotes do. Um, if they, I think he deserves a a shot. Um, definitely into their AHL team, but a hundred percent he should be getting called up. Um, he's hungry. Um, he's fast off the puck, um, and he's uh, he's really fun to watch. And he wears number fourteen. So yeah, uh, yeah well, if there's any reason then to support him, that's definitely it. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's been impressive. You know, it's been impressive um, for Kirk. You know, he obviously he joined the Ontario Hockey League, uh, the Peterborough Peterborough Phantoms, uh, or sorry, Peterborough Pete, sorry, um, 2018. You know, and he's had what was it, 110 matches across the two seasons, 97 points. You know, that's not a bad going for him in the Ontario Hockey League. And you know, as you say, even if he doesn't make it straight away to um, you know Arizona, there, uh, you know, even if he represents in the AHL. You know the Tucson, Tucson Roadrunners, isn't that Tucson? Tucson, Tucson Road, right. yeah, Tucson Roadrunners, yeah. uh, their AHL team. Even if he made it to there, you know, and, and even started off, you know, cutting his teeth there, uh, it'll still give him that step up um, that he that he needs. Uh, and as you say, you know, with everything, and we we talked about it in the first, you know, in this at the start of the first period, you know, the NHL have a clear policy when it comes to COVID, you know, um, their guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, there could be a thing where maybe he gets called up because, you know, and, and that, I'm not saying that that would be the only reason why he gets called up, but you know, that maybe that'll be a, a good stepping stone. Maybe it'll give a, a little gateway into, um, you know, the Arizona's, Arizona's NHL team, you know, um, maybe he'll get a, a, a chance because someone maybe can't play because of COVID, you know, I don't yeah. know, whatever that might look like. Deserves um, a looking. Definitely. I would agree. Yeah, um, I think it's I think it's great, and as he says himself, you know, hopefully he's not the last. Hopefully there'll be more to come, and obviously, you know, if we pair that with the last story there with Pete Russell's ambitions over the course of the next year or two, you know, we hope yep. hopefully we'll see more. We'll see more people. More, we'll see more uh, English players. Um, you know, over yeah. in the NHL because for even if you look at it, um, I didn't take that story from any of our usual sources. I took that from Sky Sports. Yeah, um, which is a big uh, big marker. That's proper. That'll do. I'll, you know, they'll talk about that on the TV. Um, they probably talked about that more on the TV than they did the, the actual World Championships, um, which is still phenomenal. Um, well, to be but, fair, they would probably talk about the World Championships with this because there yes, is yeah. no way of getting away that he. A big reason he got that deal was he ended the World Championships um, tied for um, leading goal scorer for the championship. Seven, seven goals, seven goals tied with um, one of the Canadian guys yeah, massive. for seven goals in the championship. Massive tournament he had. You're right. I mean, it was that's and that's probably one of the big reasons why, you know, um, Arizona had to take a look at him. There was like, you know, we can't ignore the fact that you know this this I, I kid, this kid has done his his kid has performed as you said yeah. yourself, not just uh, for Team GB, but uh, he's performed well in general. And I think it was, you know, they couldn't they couldn't pass that by. They couldn't look past that. Yeah, I think that if they hadn't have, um, somebody else would have. Yeah, I'll always need... I'd uh, like to think so. He, he definitely deserves it. Yeah, 100%. Agreed. Okay. Um, is that... John, did you have anything yeah, to send that before I move on? Before I move us on? No, no, no. That's that's it. That's it. Perfect. Okay, Dave, are you happy enough? If we move on to the next. Yep. No, that's everything on that one. Perfect. Uh, that takes us to the. That's our last story then in this period of hockey. So without any further stories, there we'll move on to our next period of hockey. Hello. 
Hello and welcome to um, the second period of hockey where we'll cover international hockey from every everywhere in the world other than the United Kingdom. Um, as we normally do, um, start the second period, we'll look at the a day in history. Um, this 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 one today is an interesting one. It's when the, the Miracle on Ice was born, when Coach Brooks was born in Minnesota. Um, the coach that took the the world uh, took the well, the world by storm. Yeah, took the NCAA team uh, to Lake Placid um, to win the Olympics um, after um, a, a domination by the Soviet Union prior. Um, one of my all-time favourite movies is the best way to put it. Um, obviously too young to have actually seen it, um, but the seeing some of the highlights and watch the movies was a phenomenal part of uh, history of hockey. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an exciting like it's a really it's really great that actually this this is actually you know our 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 American license is actually our day in history today because yeah as you say I mean um it's notorious like as you we we weren't born as you uh, you know we but we know it so well only because of media and how media portrayed it as you said the Soviet Union uh the story of the US going up against this big crazy powerhouse of a team who were made up of all these professional players and they yep. take this NCAA this junior team this this like non-competitive like non-professional players and yep. beat the Soviet Union uh, the story as you say the movie is brilliant on its own and the big, the big thing that always got me with it is the the fact that it's all the background of it all is the governing body deciding are they going to take professional players to the Olympics? Yep. Uh, and we all know what the outcome with that was, is that they did. And that's, you know, that's what led to um, the US's, US and Canada's domination in the years to come. Um, and the, I personally think it's, yes, okay, it makes a really good uh, TV opportunity, good games to watch, but I do think I miss, you miss something when it's not the, the amateur um, at the Olympics. You don't, you know, that's, really what it was for um was to show off the country's development and you know better way to see that is then from your your youth program um, and, but, your- and it's interesting because we're kind of seeing we're kind of seeing that kind of slowly happening over the last couple of years like you know obviously we we look at the last um winter olympics there and the controversy around at the time around True. the nhl players being told you cannot go and play in the winter olympics and you had players like ovechkin saying well i don't agree with this i want to represent russia which <laughs> you know obviously russian player what was it they had an athlete representing russia what was the the term because i wanted to use team russia or whatever olympic olympic athletes of, representing russia yeah so it was like you know, know well this year this year's olympics it's the russian olympic committee it wasn't. There you go. They're they're not representing the country. They're representing the Olympic Committee of the country. Yeah, and it's funny because even like I know you guys aren't F one fans, but there's a, a Russian uh, driver this year, uh, Mazzy Spin as we call him, because all he does is ever is spin off the, the the track every single race. I don't think he's I don't think he's been a race yet or a a a. a free practice where he hasn't spun off um, but he is Russian and he is not allowed to use the Russian flag or be down as represented as as a representative of russia um so whenever you see him when he, when he comes up on the on the standings and stuff it's it's just blank there's no little flag beside him either um yeah so i don't know what they put to him down as i think he just did they say racing driver from russia or something? I, don't, I don't know how they i don't know what they say um but yeah so it's an interesting one maybe we're, we're seeing more of that in terms of moving back towards uh you know coach brooks style of of, of hockey yeah. yeah here's open um so i will 
hand it over for your couple of stories because your stories sort of lead into each other minds off off of the yeah. tangent yeah so i'll my first one obviously is um and it's been a while like it's obviously old news but it's news that we didn't touch upon because obviously we had a break um between our last recording and this recording um, and that is obviously that in between the recordings, we had the final of the Stanley Cup um, this year uh, with the winners, overall winners becoming the uh, second time uh, Stanley Cup repeat winners uh, in Tampa Bay there, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they won uh, one game and, and they won one nil in game five to clinch uh, a second straight cup title. Um, and obviously then their goaltender, Fazlewski, Fazlewski. Why do I always give myself the worst names to pronounce? Fasilevsky. Um, Fasilevsky, thank you. Uh, it was obviously the player of uh, playoff player um, MVP of the whole entire tournament. Um, he was an outstanding. He did. He was outstanding throughout the tournament. Um, guys, I mean, you know, this is. Uh, some people will argue that obviously last year that they they obviously won the um, the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, 2020, 2021 they won the Stanley Cup. But some people are arguing, well, you know, was it really the Stanley Cup? You know, it's, you know, again, COVID Cup, COVID Stanley Cup, you know, is, you know, the pandemic, you know, Stanley Cup, you know, it's, there's a lot of arguments around whether or not, you know, they, they can still claim it as the same. But, you know, without doubt, I still think they they can claim a double win. Uh, I don't think you should be able to put it past them in terms of the fact that they still, you know, they, they if even if there was doubts whether or not in the first in 2020, 2020 or 2020, 19, 2019, 2020 Stanley Cup, whether or not there was arguments whether or not that was easier because of how things all happened because of obviously lockdowns and how it all kind of happened and came about and it was condensed and everything else. If there was ever a doubt, at least this way, this year, this the lightning have turned went, well, you're saying that it was easier last year because of everything with COVID, but we've shown you actually this year, which was a tougher year all around in terms of the season itself with the changes of games and blah, 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 everything that's going on. We still were able to prove that we could pull it together and we won this year as well. Um, do you think, I mean, am I wrong? Do you think there's any arguments in that? Do you think it's, I mean, I know John, you're, you you were the first one last year that were saying about like how it was, uh, you know, it wasn't the Stanley cup and therefore, you know, they could they claim it was the Stanley cup. I mean, Am I right in saying that, you know, if you were like you're one of those doubters about the Stanley Cup, you know, this year, the fact that they won again, does it kind of cement the fact that? I don't know. Just, uh... don't, don't get me don't get me wrong to to repeat a championship is no mean feat. And it doesn't matter what the competition is. But the fact that this is the Stanley Cup and the fact that we're all hockey fans, I think we can. It, it hasn't been another regular season because the the lines were redrawn when it comes to the divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. It was unknown territory. And actually, whereas I think probably last year, if you told me that they were going to, the Lightning were going to repeat again this year, I would have told you, oh, that's great. They're the the first and only two time COVID Cup champions. (laughs) Um, Whereas now, every team went in with having to adapt to a change in circumstance because the, the lines were redrawn, because the Canadian teams, for example, couldn't travel to um, the US and vice versa. And there were really, the way that the Stanley Cup ended, we didn't even know it was going to work to start with because we had an American and a Canadian team in the final. Mm-hmm. There had to be allowances. Now, yep. this went all the way to Justin Trudeau in Canada. The Prime Minister had to sign um, an allowance to let the Habs travel yep. um, and to let the the Lightning into the country so that they could actually compete and do this as a proper 
um, best of seven. It only went to five, but to to do it as a, a proper playoff Stanley Cup final. Um, so, yeah, I think when you couple the fact that there were last minute changes, that it was a, everyone went in on this sort of same, not really knowing what was going on. I'll I'll give them this one, but I still stand by my statement. They are the first and only two-time COVID Cup champions. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, what's your what's your thoughts on? on yeah, uh, uh, like the definitely hundred percent brilliant team, um, Tampa Bay. The, the go that go the distance uh, and win the trophy is you know it's never any an easy thing to do. I never mind doing it twice. Um, they're I was I was gutted for Montreal. This is probably the best way to put it. I thought that was a good, uh, thought it was possible, a good chance for them to to take it home. But obviously that wasn't the case. Um, I still think that there's um, stuff that needs to be looked into. Um, the uh, Tampa Bay used the loophole that allowed them to sign a few players near the end of the season, um, which took them over the the salary cap. Mm. Um, now it was only, well, I say only, it was five million, but it's only five million. Um, but it's only five million out of the guts of a hundred million that it is to run a, <laughs> a team a year. But still, that, that's the difference between having extra bodies and not having extra bodies. Um, but the you still can't take it away from them. They've done a fantastic job, um, and they they were definitely the better team. Yeah, no, and I, I fair play to them. Um, as I say it was I I think uh, uh, you know and I stand by it I think the they if there was any doubters John uh that I think that they kind of definitely showed like you know what we we kind of we were able to repeat it again this year and it wasn't just a fluke uh, last year with the uh, the changes and how it all came about um okay as you kind of saying, Dave, um, I'm going to move on to my other story because it kind of ties in in some ways um, yeah. and it's another story that we've that actually we're about two weeks away from when this actually story you know came out um and I kind of just wanted to. Uh, quick mention of it like we won't go into too much detail on it um you know uh i can get some of your thoughts and see what you guys think but it was obviously the the uh, officially now we can say that the seattle kraken have a team uh, as they unveil their roster uh for the 2021 um in the 2021 nhl draft um they'll obviously be taking part this coming season uh so last wednesday night thursday early hours of thursday morning here in the uk um the the team was announced um a number of different um, picks and rumors had been circulating around, and actually, all f- all uh, all the whole roster was actually leaked earlier in the day. So um, it wasn't really a surprise. Whenever I think that was the biggest, I think two, a couple of the biggest things that came out of the day were the fact that the picks were the, the picks that they were choosing were leaked early in the day, which was probably just the biggest media blunder ever for a for a team. Of, you know, coming in and trying to surprise and, and doing everything else and making it interesting to watch because people knew what was coming. People knew, oh, they're going to choose this person now. This is who they're choosing next. Oh, they're choosing this person. You know, they knew what was coming because they had the the list was already there. So they knew that there was all these names going to come up. They knew that they were going to expect Adam Larson's name to pop up on that list. They were expecting Jordan Ebley coming up. You know, there was all these different names that were like, right, that's happening. I think some of the biggest ones, um, you know, from it were some of the names that they didn't pick actually are probably it's probably the more interesting note of the whole draft i mean they had so many choices and i think um you know we're gonna you're gonna talk about one of those players i think coming up in period the next period dave i think um again we're gonna i'm gonna you know we're gonna look at, oh yeah you yeah. know we're, we're talking about a player coming up in that period and he was also he was i think i think people automatically thought he was destined 
obviously almost nearly to go to Seattle. And there was also yeah. a talk of, you know, a couple of other players that people were saying Carrie Price was another name that they were expecting yeah. to see um, come and up. And it didn't happen. Montreal played a, a blinder with that, though. And they announced that he had to have surgery. Yep. Just before the draft, and then after he wasn't drafted, they announced he was able to play at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, um, so there's there's definitely a few a few bits and pieces going on, and I mean, there's other players like James Van Riemsdyk. Okay, some people say he ha- he's had his day. He's a veteran at this stage. You know, he's quite an older player, but again, good veteran leader on the ice. No matter how many how many points he's putting up, again was another thing that people were like, we thought he was going to get picked. We thought Van Riemsdyk was name was going to be in there, and it wasn't there. I think what the other part then that was kind of obviously was became very obvious uh, was the new the new fans shall we say um, in inverted commas the fans that are now going to be following Seattle Seattle's now home fans even they have come out and have said I don't know if I was expecting this you know there's a few over the top dramatic expe- uh, responses from player from season ticket holders new season ticket holders being like I paid a season ticket ho- I paid a season ticket for this team you know a couple of people being like you know I you know like. There's so many other players to choose from. Why did they choose these? Um, and, you know, um, it is an interesting list. But again, there's some of those big names are missing, without a doubt. Yeah, um, what do you mean? And, and I, 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 I definitely think I can I can see why there's maybe some, you know, um, some things. And then I think what then what came out of that then, obviously, then further further on on that was also we've currently got obviously the, the, the current, you know, mixing and matching and, and, and the current... Um, you know, roster moves that are currently happening now and then picks being traded for players and everything else. And actually, I think people thought, well, are, you know, are they bringing in, you know, the likes of, you know, Chris Dreger, for, Dredger from Panthers to trade him off for something more, you know, and they were thinking, you know, on a draft pick, you know, and they were thinking all about all these people are all thinking about these. But actually, there's been very little moves to change anything. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, fans are like, oh, what is going on? Like, we thought, so I think... It'll be interesting to see where they go with it, um, and if not, if these fans then at the end of the season will be, um, will be eating their their uh, Seattle jerseys yeah. or hats, shall we say? I was I was very sad to see our uh, Carson Sosigo um, from the Minnesota Wilds. Um, he's been involved in the Minnesota Wilds whole program for for I would say decades. Like he came from um, the University of Minnesota and went to the Iowa Wild and uh, up through the system. Like he was. Uh, he's a phenomenal D-man. Now, he doesn't put up the points, but he's uh, he's a quiet D-man. You don't hear about him, but he's like a 22 plus minus, mm. you know, um, so he'll do well. Um, so there is guys they picked up. Now, I thought they were going to take um, uh, Coppers, who's your name, the backup netminder um, for the Wild, um, but obviously didn't. But then again, that's because I expected them to go fifth uh, price um, mm, yep. as well. But hey, you see how it goes. Yeah. That's me. That's all I had on that. Awesome, John. Do you think on that one? Um, other than obviously, just to look down the expansion draft list, and your eye obviously goes straight to the player that they've taken from your team. So, um, like Dave, you were looking at that for the Preds. We, the Preds, seem to be in what's not being called a rebuild, but looks like a rebuild. <laughs> and to lose um, Cal Yarncock is quite a big hit mm. actually um i know that we'll have protected some other players um but actually he's a a really really good center centerman winger and like he's not looking down the list there he's not a massive hit on their cap uh, he's only two million cap hit he could be outstanding 
in that team. Um, yeah. And I wish him all the luck against every team except the Preds. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, awesome. Right, well, so we'll shimmy on then on to, my, on to our last story, uh, which is mine, and I phrase this um, as the Wilds plan to rebuild, um, and that is the buyout of Zach Brazy and Ryan Suter's contracts, which at the time were some of the uh, were what were two hundred million for thirteen years, I think, um, which was unreal at the time. It was the largest signing contracts, um, and it was one of the ones that was heavily criticised because it would have taken them probably past their retirement, um, and everybody did expect them to eventually buy it out. Um, but this is obviously the Wilds now buying that out to clear the cap space to rebuild, um, to start looking at younger talent um, and take it one step further. The um, the Wild have been sort of a bit hamstrung, not saying that they're bad players, um, both in their day were phenomenal, uh, both the Wild and from their constituent teams where we got them, you know, um, Perese was unbelievable for um, New Jersey and uh, Ryan Suter had been a landmark at the um, National Preds so um, I just want to say wish them all the luck as they move on um, from the wild and hopefully that cap space will allow um, the wild to make some big changes but did you notice it's going to free up 10 million in your in your cap all the way through 2029 mm-hmm. but you're going to be paying them until 2025 yep. and it's going to take out 15 million on your cap for the next two to three seasons. Yeah. That's insane. Well, that's how they were on mega money, you see. It's, it's just nuts to see that, that for the next three seasons, you have 15 million against your salary cap for two guys who you're going to you pay. You play guys are going to pay them to play against someone else or to yeah. play against you. And that's the... Um, Something that's been widely criticised is that style of contract. Um, it was the same as was it Kovalchuk. Mm, yeah. um, he had a very similar contract, and then whenever he left, um, when they bought his, when he left, he had to buy his own contract. When he went to Russia, I think it was. But yeah. the, you know, it's 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 mental. It is crazy, um, and it's the only way that, that hopefully the contracts like that won't become a norm. They seem to be dying out. I think there was a few changes made with the players' association. I mean, the, um, the last the last big lockout was one of the big reasons around it was because these these contracts were getting to a stage where it was just getting ridiculous. Like, I mean, you were talking, like you said there, you know, you had, um, you know, the, the, you, you had like all these different players. And I think like the, one of the biggest ones, one of the big memorable ones was obviously whenever the Caps, um, you know, whenever they signed um, uh, uh, Ovechkin, like his was mm. like a, a lifetime contract almost. And so the whole thing was, we need to stop this from happening. We need to reduce, the, like we need to stop getting carried away with like, you know, you're sending your life to us forever, you know? Yeah. And that was- and the, it's, the NHL always done it slightly differently than the like, the Premiership or the American football. They always used to do sort of long-term deals with a big money sum instead of a short-term deal with an even bigger money sum, you know, um, instead of giving you, you know, I don't know, 100 million to play, you know, 10 years or five years. It was, you know, 200 million to play 13, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. But, hey, awesome. Um, if nothing else, we'll move on to... Three. I have, I have, I have one just to add. Um, it's one that I completely forgot until we were talking about the Stanley Cup final, and it's just to mention that 
former um, Nashville Predators um, and up until a couple of weeks ago, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, um, Shea Weber, is likely to have played his last game um, in the yeah. NHL. Yep. Um, apparently through the, the Stanley Cup final, Shea was playing through enormous injuries um, and a, a long laundry list that includes his knee, his ankle, his foot and his thumb. He has officially um, announced that he will not be playing next season. Um, but in an interview, the um, general manager of the, the Habs, uh, Mark uh, Bergevin, basically said that it's unlikely that he will be back for his career, that this is this is time. Um, and basically that was his last shot at a cup. Um, and to go out in the fashion that he has is, uh, is pretty brutal. But um, just another worthy mention for a player retiring there, that's, that's not the way that you'd want someone like Shea Weber's in, uh, career to come to an end is through injuries like that um, and he'll be sorely missed it let alone in, in a Habs jersey but stuff like the the All-Star weekend um, with the, the hardest shot competition I think he still has the hardest shot in All-Star weekend history um, so yeah just a sad way to see a, a storied career end yeah, the other, the, just you mentioned obviously um, abrupt endings to um, maybe players' careers that you didn't see coming. Um, there's also the possibility as well that we've seen the last um, season as well, there, this last, that last season uh, for Toronto, uh, Joe Thornton, um, after 23 NHL seasons, um, he looks like he will potentially be not returning to the NHL next season. Uh, he's currently uh, away at the moment with um, HC Devos, um, in the, uh, and he's that there's basically their season is beginning in September 11 and the NHL season starts on October 12th and he's not going to be finishing up and I don't think he's been re-signed either and I don't think he's going to be coming back so again that's another player long-term player for the NHL who potentially may not be returning Um, so again we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there Um, but I just thought I'd mention that too because it's in the kind of the same vein in that obviously that that's another player's career big player big name player in NHL yeah. who may not be coming back and again that was abrupt I don't think that was expected um, I know he was taking time out after the Stanley Cup there this time around um, I know he's after the end of the season he, he was wanting to take time out for family reasons and, and, and stuff like that and I think maybe that's probably one of the reasons why he decided to step away at the time when he didn't but not fully away and I think he's maybe expecting to come back to the NHL in some capacity uh, next season and it doesn't look like that's going to happen so we'll, we'll wait and see Okay. Um, if there's nothing else, we'll move swiftly on to period three. Period three, then, is our general knocky news. Oh, oh is it just oh, me saying I it this time? I didn't join you. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, it's going to sound really weird when we try to cross the world. Yeah. It does, yeah. It's, uh, it's obviously been too long. Um, knocky news, then, is where we pick up on any other stories Um either funny or just that don't don't naturally sit within the other periods um, that we want to highlight. Um, I'll be quite honest. I did almost no homework for uh, Noki News. In fact, when I say almost no, I mean I did absolutely no homework for Noki News this time around. Or, um, or, for, or for really any of the podcasts. I'm just, I'm just, you know, just going to say it. Well, I mean, I've, <laughs> I, I, threw up blank, I threw up the blank running order oh, for you. So if I had yeah. that, we, we wouldn't have a podcast. Um, so 
I'm going to pass very swiftly on to Marty, who's uh, going to talk a little bit about Vander Kane. Yeah, um, this is an interesting story um, that came out this past weekend um, about Evander Kane. And there's these allegations being put against him around whether or not he and the NHL is investigating this story, whether or not he has been betting on his own games um, in, for San Jose. Uh, he is under investigation. There's, these allegations came out this past weekend um, when his wife... Um, basically came out and said that her husband had been betting on hockey and was intentionally compromising games for gambling purposes. Now, Kane has denied the allegations and said he would cooperate with the NHL's investigation into it. Um, but on Instagram, of all places, uh, on uh, social media, uh, Anne Kane alleged that her husband bet on the Sharks games with bookies and through games for gambling purposes. She's also claimed that Kane had a gambling addiction that was causing the couple hardship. And in response, Kane then posted on Twitter that he had never been betting on hockey, including any Sharks games of any point, and that he has never thrown a game. Um, now, this is an interesting story. Um, obviously, um, this is an interesting one in that, you know, Kane did file for Chapter 7 bankruptcy in January, um, claiming that he had lost $1.5 million, uh, in gambling at casinos and bookies over the last 12-month period. Um, so, I mean, the fact that, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, he has... It's going to be quite hard for him to. Well, if it's first off, if it's found, um, you know, if he's found guilty of 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 it happening, um, obviously we are, you know, it's going to be serious repercussions. He's going to be out of the game. Uh, there'll be repercussions for obviously points that were awarded last season and whether or not they can stand and a bunch of other things that'll happen. Um, and there is rules. Obviously, the NHL's collective bargaining agreement. Um. You know, there's no grey area. It basically states that um, gambling on any NHL game, if you're an NHL player, is prohibited. Any play player or a member of a team. Uh, and the rule is posted, is also posted in every single dressing room around the league. And uh, the NHL Players Association have also said that um, wagers are allowed on any other sports outside of hockey, but not hockey itself. Um, it's obviously to try and stop this sort of thing happening. You know, um, he's not the first player um, turning up significant gambling losses. And there's a few other questionable times whenever they, there was questions whether or not an NHL player has um, thrown games in order to kind of help with bets that they've put on but they've never but the players that have never ever no players have ever been punished by the nhl for this um because they've never i think i suppose they were saying that they there's never any proof that they betted on hockey um so it'll be an interesting one to see how the nhl does investigate investigate this um obviously my my, my favorite part of this whole thing is they talk about um that the, the allegations were made by his wife um and she also, let alone that he's gam potentially, sorry, allegedly gambled on hockey um, games, including the Sharks games that he is playing in. She alleges that he's thrown games. And like my biggest thing is, can one player on a team throw a game? Well, like, this is it. Yeah. How, how is how is that even possible? Um, like totally like this sort of side deal and, and betting on your own game is totally a thing when it comes to like boxing and like all the rest of it i i totally get that or don't get me wrong if you're a netminder and you're betting against your team you can make that happen yeah but for a, what is he, he's a winger isn't he mm -hmm. like unless he's betting on them to win and he's just backing himself every single time to be able to score two or three goals and put his team ahead how is he doing this? He no. can't just go out there and score own goals. I know. Well, this is it, and it, it can't be. It can't be that. It also, you know, is it a case that is he putting himself in front of? You know, is he, is he like 
intentionally, you know, putting himself in front of his own goalie and, and being a distraction? Is he, you know, putting off his player, you know, is he giving up the puck, you know, is he turning it over too much, you know, is there intentional turnovers, you know, again, there could be lots of different bits and pieces that you I was about to say, could he, be could, answer. could he be betting on silly things like number of offsides and then, or, you know, number of, because I know in um, the Premier League, it's going to do my head on who it was, there was a player that was under suspicion of um, corners, you know, the people were betting on a number. He was betting that there would be X number of corners in a game, and then at the near the end of the game, if there wasn't enough, he would kick the ball out, and you know, to get it to the right number. But the, but she's specifically saying that he threw games. Yeah, maybe so he's the, the specific allegation is that he's throwing games, not committing offsides or like do like pushing the 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 puck down for fifteen icings yeah, in but- a, a period. You know, there's there's also the note you should note that you know, obviously, you know, Kane is one of the major penalty take, one of the manage, minor, one of the major, uh, cons- uh, cons- like one of the major players to take penalties, um, for his team in the last year. You know, he's whistled for more minor penalties than any other player on the ice. Um, you know, I mean, that's one thing. You know, you're putting your, your if you're putting your team at a, a manpower disadvantage. You know, if you're giving the other team a five on four advantage more often than, than not, you know, there's going to be a higher chance that the teams are going to be able to score. So you've got to think about little bits and pieces like that that a player could still influence. You know, and, and that could be little bits and pieces you could think about. You know, is like, you know, is there key games that he's betted on that he's then went out and got like two like two times in the penalty? But you know, there's you know you have to think of it that way too. But you're right. There's too much. There's too many more. There's not. It, it, yeah, he's one player. That can affect it in some ways, and he's, maybe not yeah, have a major. He's, but he's again, one and look, I don't, I don't want to get too much into it as well because I hadn't realised reading through the piece here, and I hadn't realised that he's going through a bit of a messy divorce with his yeah, yeah. wife, and yeah. he's made allegations then about her mental well-being and sort of all the rest of it. So that like, there, there is a everywhere. story. There's a story within the story here, yeah. and yeah. it's it's a messy one, but it's an interesting one to keep uh, keep ahead of. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's 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 ironic because obviously the NHL obviously signed massive deals um in the last few months in the last year or so you know forged a number of different partnerships with uh you know um like MGM Resorts was the big one remember in two thousand nineteen the gambling oh, yeah. you know they 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 uh they agreed to a massive contract and a massive sponsorship deal with MGM Resort gambling from in Vegas you know I mean <laughs> that was around the time they done the um Jägermeister as the official shot yeah like, yeah they were trying yeah, to reduce yeah. the drinking and then they were like oh Jägermeister yeah, yeah I mean stop drinking at our arenas yeah just, so, just drink shots of Jäger I mean it doesn't help that you know that they obviously flu- are fueling like gambling in some ways you could argue um but again this this guy obviously Kane has difficulty with gambling and he's he's notably said that um and obviously obviously the fact that he's you know he's in financial difficulty so hopefully fingers crossed there's nothing sinister under it but you know obviously the nhl aren't going to are investigating currently um and i I suppose it's time i suppose they have to be very quick on it because you know there's only a certain amount of time they can they can spend on trying to find information they need because they're obviously and i think it's really ironic because i was reading back and they were like they're looking for like paper trails and stuff like that but again it's gonna be it's gonna be very hard to prove a paper trail if it's gonna be you know yeah, a, a paper unless bet. He's kept, unless he's kept all of his betting slips. Yeah, <laughs> a bit silly, wouldn't it? Writing them off for taxes. Yeah. <laughs> send, yep. him in, send him in a little box. I'll keep that one. Yeah, we'll keep that as, one. He's putting them in as business expenses. <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. That's just thought I'd bring that story yeah, up in because that's it was, an uh, interesting one. One to come up the weekend. Okay, um, and that brings us on to the only other one that we've got in uh, Noki News then, which is Dave. And I'll be honest, I did see this one. This seems to have been a very, very strange one. Um, yeah. This is about Marc-Andre Fleury, totally. the 
the standout goalie for the the, reigning, the last expansion. The reigning yeah, the, Vezda Trophy winner. Yep, and like the big story of the expansion draft uh, for the Golden Knights was the acquisition of Fleury, and it's not ended the way that it started. No, it really hasn't ended. In a, like everybody expected him to run out his career in uh, Vegas. You know, they thought that it was going to be his, you know, final swan song would have been um, the next year or so. Um, I think it's next year's the it's only got one year left in his contract and 10 million or something. So it's not a massive contract. Um, and for the style of goaltender and to be for the quality of goaltender he's been for them, um, even given um, his age, you know, I personally think he was, uh, whenever I seen them draft him, I was all about, oh, God, is that a bit of a bad, bad mistake? But he has been phenomenal. And, he, and as we know, he is absolutely adored mm. in that yeah. uh, arena. Massively. Um, and they have decided, in their infinite wisdom, to trade him to the Blackhawks for, in essence, it's just cap space. Money. Now they, cap space. Yeah, it's just cap space. Now to get your man... And I'm going to try and pronounce his name because um, it's mental looking. But uh, they get a forward, Mikhail Her. Hakarina. Hakarina. That guy. Um, who I don't. Is it, the name doesn't ring a bell to me. You know, so it can't. Well, maybe he is fantastic. But as far as I'm aware, it was literally just for cap space. Um, and Joe, it, Joe will be able to tell us he's, if he's come from the, the Hawks uh, organization. Yeah. Um, he, he, you know, it's. And to be fair to him, he has come out and he has said that he will play his last year with the Blackhawks and the Blackhawks have said they will play him. Yep. Um, so I hope that he shows the Vegas what sort of netminder he can be. The way it happened, he found out about it through Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We all found out about it on Twitter before the yep. official announcement was made. Like I but found he, out about it. He had, even to the point of him finding out that the the Hawks were reaching out and speaking to him. Um, he had read all this on Twitter that this was happening and he put out a, a brilliant response a couple of days ago. Basically, to start with, he had said that he's going to take some time, think about his career and decide whether or not he was going to effect, effectively, whether he was going to rock up um, to Chicago or not and make himself available to play. Um, he then went on Instagram and was basically like, hey, Chicago, I'm in, let's do it. And he did it on social media as a bit of a middle finger to Vegas. And it's been very, they've been very public in like getting to put on the jersey and stuff and everything else. Say, and yeah. They had him like going into the, the the dressing room and like sticking that jersey on for the first time. And they made a big thing of it and stuff. And he made a big thing of it too. I mean, you're right. I think for him to find out through social media and then for his, and then his coach obviously, because I'm oh, sorry, his management team, you know, his, his, his agent came out and said, you know, like, you know, Mark, like Andre Fleury, he knew nothing about us. He hadn't heard anything personally from the Vegas Golden Knights. He's been traded to Chicago without even being told. And like, you know, what is like? It's just so. It's just something. Yeah. It's like it's like something. Oh, it's you just you haven't heard it. Like you haven't heard this in a if, long time. I think last time you he heard. On, sorry, go ahead. If, if he goes on to beat the uh, black uh, the Vegas Knights in um, the upcoming season, that's a you know proper movie moment. You know, him getting basically bucked out you know it's just there was no errors or graces it was just right see you later you you know good luck wasn't even a thanks for your your troubles you know what i mean yeah 
Yeah, it's awful. It's just it's it's a terrible way for that relationship to end, yeah. considering the storybook first expansion year that they had, and even the season after that as well. He carried that team. Now Vegas tank this year. That's an angry fan base for the way that this oh, has yeah. been handled. Yeah. Yep. But you've got Mark Andre who will be sitting back with a cigar watching the flames rise out of Vegas. Yeah. Like that's it's yeah. It's a it would have been one. it would have been interesting if 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 he had if Fleury had just decided, you know, do you know what? I am gonna retire at this point. I'm just gonna retire. I'm gonna be Vegas is my last team. I'm not gonna move to Chicago, you know. That'd be an interesting one that way, you know, in terms of you know how that would have played out, um, but it's interesting. Well, it would have been an interesting one to finish with because historically you would have then had that Fleury didn't end his career. Vegas ended Fleury's career. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Which would have been, I think, a bigger stink long term. I think effectively, medium to long term, Vegas recovers from what is a bit of a PR disaster in this one. Yeah. Um, if that had happened and he had retired from there, that's a bigger problem for that franchise to take forward for the rest of the time that there is a Vegas Golden Knights yeah 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 yep. it'll, it'll be one to watch I think in this coming season oh that's that's a his first game either back in Vegas or in Chicago against the Knights yeah absolutely yeah, that's spicy, a, they're going to spicy games definitely yeah 100% you can guarantee that that game will not be on free sports <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it then for Noki News guys um, and Quite honestly, Marty, I'm going to come back to you. That might be the end of the podcast. Yeah, um, I think that is. Um, normally, for anybody who's new to the show, we would have uh, would usually finish off the podcast with usually uh, some overtime segments. Or if Aaron's here, we usually do the ABCs of hockey. But with Aaron not being here, we won't have that segment. And there's nothing else really of note to add. Uh, we'll probably once the season starts getting back up and running, and we get more detail, uh, there's a bit more stories coming in. Uh, that probably will return. But as for now that will be take us to the end of this week's show uh, as usual you can catch up with old episodes of the door 14 hockey podcast uh, on our website door 14 hockey.com uh, follow us on social media uh, we promise we will be a bit more uh, vocal in the coming weeks when we're leading the season again uh, follow I'll us on twitter twitter instagram facebook at door 14 hockey uh we're on all of the uh podcast networks that you can think of uh we're on obviously apple podcasts we're on android podcasts we're on spotify now as of the last podcast so you can catch us on spotify so ask your smart speaker to play us or whatever it might be um in the future so you can get us wherever you get your podcasts um in fact you're listening to this and you've got to this point means you've listened to us somewhere so you know uh a lot of different options um guys if we have nothing else then all we have to do then is sign off for this week uh, i'm marty and dave i'm john have a great week <laughs> <laughs>